So I'm sure most of you have seen the movie Snow White, and if you have not seen it, you at least know enough about the movie. And I don't want to hear anyone saying, oh, you ruined the movie for me. It's been out since like 1937. If you have not seen it yet, that is not my fault. It's been out for longer than most of you have been alive. Maybe a few of you were born before then. But anyway, so in the movie at the beginning, uh, the evil queen, she goes to the mirror and says, magic mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And she was expecting the mirror to say that it was her. But what does she, of course, hear? That it is, in fact, Snow White, who is the fairest of them all. And she gets very upset, which then ensues the entire plot of the movie, of her trying to get rid of Snow White, so that way she can be the fairest of them all in her own vanity. She had to be the one, not anyone else. And it might not seem it, but this is very much in line with the gospel that we just heard. King Herod there, and uh, then you have these magi coming into Jerusalem, and they're going throughout Jerusalem saying that we have seen in the stars. These magi are people who are astronomers. They would read, uh, be able to see into the stars and say like, oh, there's these events that are happening. And they said that in the stars we have seen that there is a newborn king of the Jews. Herod is the king of the Jews. And he doesn't have a newborn son. Which means these magi are going around Jerusalem spreading these rumors that there is a new king of the Jews. And there are several sects in Judaism who were actually denying that Herod even had the right to call himself the king of the Jews. So there is this antagonist somewhere out there antag uh, against his claim to the throne as the king of the Jews. So, of course, he calls them in kind of in a coy, sly fashion. Oh, tell me, you know, I too wanted to go give homage to this newborn king of the Jews. Let me know where he is. That way I might go and find him as well which of course we know he was just trying to eliminate Jesus. That's the whole plot. That's what he's trying to do. He's not trying to give homage to Jesus. He's trying to eliminate any threat to his claim to the throne. But there are two things that happen in the gospel that connect the beginning of Jesus's life to the end. The first is that we have, again, these magi coming from far away who are recognizing Jesus as king. At the end of the Gospel of Matthew, what is written on the cross above Jesus' head, but the words, Jesus the Nazarene, King of the Jews, in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew, so that way all might know that he is truly king in all languages that would be readable. Then we have, uh, so all of Jerusalem is upset with King Herod. And then at the end of Matthew's Gospel, we have the trial with Pontius Pilate. And Pilate washes his hands clean of Jesus' blood and all of Jerusalem says, not on you, but on us and our ancestors. This connection between the beginning and the end. And this all of Jerusalem is really a personification of Jerusalem. It's not as if literally all of Jerusalem. And I remember when I was doing Spanish uh, classes and there was this idiom that was used by my teacher. She said, todo el mundo sabe que, and I went, the whole, that means like the whole world knows that dot, dot, dot. And I went, though the whole world doesn't know that. That doesn't make any sense. And I realized that it was an idiom. It was an expression that she was using to say that in English it would be like, oh, everybody knows that. Everyone knows this. Why, how, who wouldn't know this piece of information? So again, we have Matthew using this phrase to signify this personification of all of Jerusalem. But this continuity between the beginning and the end of uh, the Gospel of Matthew signifies two things. One, that Jesus' identity never changes. He is always identified as king from the beginning until the end. And the second thing 
is that the whole world hates him from the beginning until the end. That never changes throughout. That there's this continuity from everything. And I pray that all of us here on the Solemnity of the Epiphany are able to have this moment of epiphany, this moment of realizing the true identity of Jesus Christ, who he is, that he is king, that he might reign in our lives. And then the question becomes, what do we do with that information? Okay, so we recognize Jesus as king, but are we like Herod? And we try to cast him out of our life, snuff him out, get rid of him because it somehow is a, uh, antagonistic to who we are? Or we're like the Magi who go and pay homage to him, to lay prostrate and recognize him as king. It's not just about recognizing him as king, but it's what do we do with that information? And so on this solemnity of the epiphany, so the Lord has that question for you. Who do you say that I am?